2: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: I understand the politics of COVID. I get it. I really do. I was Mm -hmm. anti-mandate of every kind. Closing the schools was horrible. I think we made way too big a deal out of it. Um... I hated the idea of getting vaccines, all that sort of stuff. Hated but the mandates, at least. I, uh, and the I didn't get crazy sick over the last three days from having COVID for the fourth time. I mean, I don't know what to do about that. I'd like to be like Katie, who's never had COVID and never got a shot. Good for you. But I don't think I can will that to happen.
4: Boy, your inability to fight it off is, is wild, just immune system-wise. You know, I'd like to go to lack of character, but you're too sick. It'd be cruel. So, um, I mean, but yeah, your body doesn't apparently have the ability to mount, or maybe this this variant is so weird that it didn't work that your immune response, yeah, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. If you're an epidemiologist, uh, drop us a note. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. So a couple of things, uh, oddly, somewhat COVID-related. Actually, it's more about humans, um, including an unbelievably eloquent piece of writing I came across. Uh, the uh, Joe from San Francisco is writing on the topic of the Wuhan pissing match, as he puts it charmingly. Why people are in two camps over where the COVID virus came from, I don't know. My guess is that it has something to do with Donald Trump. Trump haters find it noxious to agree with him about anything. Yeah, that is one of the most interesting things we all got a chance to observe on both sides to some extent, but um, that we separated into our camps, pro-Trump and anti-Trump. And if you were anti-Trump, everything he said was the polar opposite of the truth. And you would fight to the death over that principle, even when it turned out, Later on that he was 100% right about some of it. He was 100% wrong about it and half and half like the rest of us on the other stuff. People became religious converts to anything Trump said. I will fight to the death to tell you it's otherwise. Shutting their eyes and ears and their own uh, ability to absorb science and data and the rest of it, it was amazing. Anyway, uh, Joe in San Francisco writes. Uh, but it looks like the mainstream media isn't going to allow the matter to be discussed objectively. The other night, while listening to a local news station in San Francisco, well, it was KCBS, I heard one of their newsreaders read a story about the study of transmissibility of viruses from animals to humans. When she was finished with the story, she ended this way in words to this effect. Quote, so it's possible for viruses to sped, spread from animals to humans, which is how COVID was spread. Sigh, it never stops. What? <clears throat> You know, they just flat out felt stated. the need to, yeah, to okay. thread. The, now, granted, the COVID was a bat virus. I believe it was altered in the Wuhan lab for the purpose of studying it. Um, uh, people thought they were doing the right thing. Fauci, Francis Collins, etc. Um, But it got out and it killed millions of people. Yeah, and now they've worked like crazy to cover it up.
3: There's no there's no evidence that it spread from a bat to a human, though. The COVID nope. that we got. Nope. Um, it was raccoon dogs. <laughs>
4: A pangolin made love to a raccoon (laughs) dog, or whatever that John Stewart bit was. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I came across this, uh, and and keep in mind that whole cult thing. This is so good. It's from a a gent who actually um, is uh, from the Santa Cruz, California area. Shortly after COVID started in July of 2020, my father died. Died of a heart attack, by the way, but that's not really relevant to the story. Before I ended the call with my stepmom, who called me when my father collapsed, my girlfriend already had the car packed. She knew what to do. I didn't need to say anything. By the time I hung up the phone, though, he was gone. We immediately drove up to Washington State. Not for the funeral, but for whatever it was that we did during COVID when a loved one died. I got to say goodbye to him in an empty room full of empty chairs with one occupied casket. It was unfitting for how good a man my father was. It's heartbreaking. And proof, just like that, he was gone, and then we drove home. It never really hits you until later, and it's usually when you're not expecting it, but that's another story for another time. One of the more memorable things for our trip was stopping to get gas on our way through Oregon. Forgetting that you're not allowed to pump your own gas in Oregon, I began to get out of that car. I think they just changed that because it was stupid, but anyway. <laughs> Getting back to his story, I I began to get out of the car. With half of my body hanging out the door, the attendant quickly ran up to me and asked what I was doing. At that point, I said, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you're not allowed to pump your own gas in Oregon. All while trying to force through a smile, not realizing he's angry. From beneath his annoyed, masked face, he asked me, oh, so you're not from Oregon. Why are you traveling out of state during a global pandemic? Oh, good lord. liberal oregon condescending accent he continued to demand that i get back in my car but not before taking my credit card after being face to face with me and no further than two and a half feet away covid brought the authoritarian out of so many people he wasn't scared of covid he wanted to assert some sort of dominance Here we are at a gas station in Eugene, Oregon, and the gas station attendant feels he has the authority to question why I'm traveling, why I'm doing it, and demands I get back in the car. He didn't do this out of fear. If he was scared, he wouldn't have approached me at all. He would have been very careful to keep his distance. He did this because he was given the smallest amount of authority, and it made him cruel. This is how people behaved before vaccines became available. This is how people behaved before they were calling for doctors, nurses, and hospital staff to be fired for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. This is how they behaved before they were calling for forced COVID-19 vaccinations within the military. This is how they behaved before the president of the United States of America tried to take the livelihood of every American that refused the COVID-19 vaccine that worked for a company with 100 employees or more. It was It was never about science. It was never about your health. It was never about your safety. It was always about your compliance. We can never forget how people behaved during COVID. But more importantly, we can never let people forget how they behaved during COVID, or they will do it again. I am here to remind everyone, and I will continue telling my story. You should tell your story, too. People would love to hear it. I know I would. Thanks for reading. And that is... Um, from from mike Uh, you know i'd give his last name but i don't want to draw any crazy attention to him but um that is that is a truth bomb right there that is 100 percent true
3: yeah well that's been shown throughout history it's a weird aspect of human nature that i don't quite understand i don't know evolutionary
4: wise why it is there but it sure seems to be call it mall cop syndrome if you want uh, talk about this the infamous Stan, uh, Stanford prison experiment of the early 70s, wasn't it? When the professor uh, said, we're going to do a, an illustration of prisons and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't tell the kids what they were really doing, but he put one group of kids entirely in charge of the other group of kids. And the other—the the, the prisoner group of kids had to submit to the guard group. And over a very, very short amount of time, the guard group became so cruel and inhumane, he had to stop the experiment. It's something in us. It's sick and it's scary, but it exists, which is the reason for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. It's a recognition that people will seize power and they will use it cruelly and oppressively every freaking chance they get. Gavin Newsom seizing emergency powers for months and months and months and months. Pretty good example of it.
3: Yeah, Jordan Peterson talks about this sort of stuff a lot, and there's all kinds of examples from lots of different wars, but particularly people that weren't necessarily down with the Nazi cause who would do all kinds of horrific things because that was the power that they were given.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: It's weird, though, man. That whole era was something to live through.
4: Righteous indignation, which is appropriate in some, you know, circumstances, certainly, but it may motivate more cruelty than any other human emotion. Like that, uh, the gas station attendant in Eugene, Oregon. You know, you could ask, where the hell does he get off? Um, He believed, because he was in Oregon, in a particular college town in Oregon, very, very liberal, he believed what a lot of people did they fell into a cult-like fervor about how incredibly serious covid was and every measure was justified partly out of loathing of donald trump such a weird era to live through the oakland zoo my that was the one experience i could not
3: put up with when they wouldn't let me order food at the zoo me and the kids were hungry you have to have a mask on to order the food i don't have the mask to sit on that sit at that table and eat it which is right there but I have to have a mask right here to order the food. Are you crazy? <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, and we, you, everybody, really enjoyed mocking the idea that, well, you have to have your mask on to walk to the table, but then you can take it off at the table. Well, you eat, drink, talk, and laugh because everybody knows once you sit down, viruses don't come out of you. Or once you're standing up, that's when you're most dangerous. It was utterly unmoored from any scientific reality. And yet that was the law of the land in a lot of the country where is that where is that phrase uh, it was not about your health it was not about your safety it was about your compliance i don't know what to think about covid coming out of this weekend getting so sick i've
3: heard so many people and maybe i've even said said that it's it's like the common cold now but i've never been this sick from a cold not even close
4: no, it's more like um, the
3: flu, I think. It's more like the flu, because you can get pretty dang sick from the flu. Flu kills lots of people every year. Tens of thousands. Um, yeah. So maybe
4: that's it. It's like the flu. Great, because right. the one wasn't good enough. Now we got a couple. Handful. More flus. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. You old bastard. How are those gain-of-function experiments coming along. Pretty good. Glad to hear it.
3: With all due respect, you'd have no idea what you're talking
4: about. Yeah, as I represent Rand? science. Rand Paul used the NIH's own definition of gain-of-function research when he was grilling Fauci, who ought to be behind a
3: bars. Yeah, that story's not over yet. That
4: story is not over. We've
3: got more on the way. Stick around.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
5: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: You tweeted out that they had professional pillow fighting on ESPN. Did you watch any of it?
4: No, I did not. Okay, I was uh, made aware of it, and I believe I retweeted that. But uh, as I said, hard to believe ESPN's going broke. (laughs) I did watch the clip. Um, Yeah, I'm going through my. It's not the most exciting pugilistic uh, event I've ever seen.
3: (laughs) I'm going through a number of notes that I took From stories I came across while I was on my near death bed, Wayne Brady announced over the weekend that he is pansexual.
4: Thanks for letting me know. (laughs) (laughs) Means he is attracted to people regardless of their sex or gender. I thought pansexual meant you were attracted to
3: cookware. (laughs) It's bisexual with an open mind. He said is another way to look at it. All right, whatever. Then call yourself bisexual. Shut up and enjoy that uh if you're into sports man what they're doing are the college sports uh conferences is something in it oh the football
4: in particular you mean or
3: well the fact that the pac-12 is almost gone there's only a couple of yeah.
4: teams left and somebody's going to snatch those up within the next couple of weeks and then it will be over yeah there are like two or three or maybe four big time college football conferences and all the big schools are joining them and, and leaving their old conferences behind
3: Oregon and Washington are now going to the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah going to the Big 12. There's only Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State left in the Pac-12, and they're likely to end up somewhere else. And then one of the great conferences in all of college sports, Pac-12, no more.
4: So now the Big Ten, I happen to be uh, kind of a fan of the Big Ten since I went to Illinois, uh, stretches from uh, Rutgers and Maryland to... What did you say? Uh, Washington State or Oregon yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. I, don't,
3: I don't even know what they mean anymore, so I kind of lost all interest in that. So you're going to have 3,000-mile
4: flights for college football players? Okay, great.
3: Uh, if you're a music fan of a certain age, you might like the fact that there's a new Neil Young album coming out Friday from 1977. It's an album. Wow. I didn't realize this, but he apparently recorded lots of albums, and then like the day before they were supposed to come out, he would like throw a fit and decide it wasn't good enough and cancel it or something like that because he's a uh, moody artist type well this is one that he recorded in 1977 and now they're releasing it and it's getting tremendous reviews and there's two songs out already and they're both awesome so wow. I'm really excited about the rest of the album. It's called Chrome Dreams coming out on Friday. So if you're a Neil Young fan, there's a new
4: 70s Neil Young album coming out on Friday. Wow, that's really exciting. You, what's the name of it? Well, I Chrome Dreams. For, Chrome, you just told me that. That's right. Okay, Chrome Dreams.
3: There you go. Yeah, there's a, an acoustic song on there and a rockin' song that they've released already, and I really dug them. Um, I didn't look into this story about how they've decided to change the name of... Rena- they're looking at renaming obesity to see if that would help with the whole obesity problem they feel like obesity has a what negative connotations or something it's because like
4: that. it's dangerous
3: it keeps people locked in
4: a shame spiral that makes them eat or something like that yeah it could be in such a baby the whole renaming everything because well that that, that word kind of has a, a, a unfriendly connotation to it let's let's call them big boned or Or uh, I remember the uh, radio personality Mike O'Mara used to say, I'm a man of larger carriage. (laughs) (laughs) Non-small people have a special need to, I don't know, right, right, Uh, The voluminous among us. He suffers from voluminousness. Did
3: you talk about that uh, while I was on my near-deathbed that scientists once again have had that fusion breakthrough where they... Create more energy than they put in?
4: Uh, no, did not discuss that.
3: Yeah, so remember that happened a while back, and it was seen as like some this could this could change everything for the whole world. I mean, if we can if we can make this scale, and they did it again the other day with even. more energy outputted from less put in with the idea being with no waste or any dangerous nuclear stuff like you have with fission, this fusion Mm. thing. And if they can ever get this dialed in and figured out, there will be unlimited energy for planet Earth that costs nothing. I mean, this could be the biggest scientific breakthrough ever.
4: Yeah, every time this story comes up, we get an email or two from people in science who say, guys, here's the problem with that experiment, blah, blah, blah. So I'll just wait and see if it's going to happen. That would be just it would be mankind changing forever. God, I'd say
3: um, it was done at California's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory, which if you watched Oppenheimer, you know, the very man that was uh, named after features prominently in that movie. But yeah, that'd be a heck of a cool thing. All of a sudden, energy just isn't something we worry about. We still got every other human nature problem that's going to keep us killing each other or the fact that we've just decided to stop having babies or a variety of things like that, but we have
4: unlimited, clean, free energy. Well, let me know if it happens. Meanwhile, I'm going to continue to burn decayed dinosaurs in the gas tank in my car. Uh, <laughs> conspiracy theory about Joe Biden. <sighs> I don't like it, but it's got a lot going for it. Really? troubling
3: Hmm. as a flat earther i love a good conspiracy theory if you miss an hour of the show grab the podcast armstrong
1: and getty on demand
2: armstrong and getty The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: These guys are the mob. They are
0: exactly like a mafia group. They operate in total dishonesty. Why would you think they're going to tell the truth? No one ever doubts I mean what I say. Sometimes I say all that I mean, though. No. It's not hyper- hyperbole Suggests that there is no national treasure, none that is grander than the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, one of the Earth's... Nine wonders, wonders of the world. Literally, think of that. <laughs> think of- later,
4: later he comes back and he says, I said nine wonders, there are seven wonders of the world. And I think that's when he said, sometimes I say what I mean, but I always say all I mean. <laughs> but <laughs> who is he talking to? I mean,
3: who, who, who do you need to talk up the Grand Canyon to? Huh? <laughs> this is some hole, isn't it?
4: Tell you what, I think it's underrated.
3: (laughs) Literally. I mean, think about it. I I am thinking about it. I looked at it. It's amazing. You're
4: absolutely right. Yeah, literally every human being who has ever stood here has said, that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't need to think about it. You don't need the salesmanship, really. Yeah, yeah. Newsweek.com, which is an interesting uh, news outlet these days. It often airs conservative opinions that don't air elsewhere. And in this piece, Max Abrams goes on quite a bit about the Russia collusion hoax. Um, The idea of, does Russia have compromat compromat on Trump? A Russian word Americans need to know, compromat. Uh, let's see. Here's another headline. Jonathan Chait in New York magazine, Russia had secret leverage over Trump and a great deal of incriminating information was confirmed. He claimed in an article that was actually published in New York magazine, great deal of incriminating information was confirmed. Russia and the art of compromise in the Washington post New York times had the conspiracy theory that the Russia had compromise on the president based on a brief meeting attended by one of Trump's sons in Trump tower. That was that infamous with that blonde-haired lawyer lady where they talked about adoptions and none of the other stuff ever came up. And it was a giant hoax. And what was this compromise Russia had over Trump? Per our august media institutions, Putin apparently had sex tapes of Trump with prostitutes peeing on him, which was completely absurd, false, made up, the rest of it. And they knew that almost immediately.
3: Well, remember, there was a a big one early on. I think the Washington Post was behind this one about uh trump's buildings were having trouble there he's having trouble running out the spaces and so russia rented out all the spaces
4: and paid him and right at vastly inflated prices and the bank records would make clear that nothing ever came of that
3: yeah anyway You you wouldn't think you'd be able to claim all that stuff and
4: continue to exist as a believable entity No. Well, they depend on people in media bubbles not knowing how badly wrong they were. But anyway, uh, before I plunge on a brief caveat, evidence is not proof. Sometimes you can have a fact or two or even three that suggest a certain conclusion, but that conclusion isn't right. It happens to all of us through our lives. Um, Richard Jewell, the alleged uh, Atlanta Olympics bomber, great example of that. I was absolutely convinced that the guy did it, and, you know, he... He wanted to be a hero, would-be cop, the rest of it. um, Poor guy had his life more or less ruined. Um, Sometimes the facts point in the wrong direction. Having said that, this is interesting. Max writes, all the compromise talk swiftly ended the moment Joe Biden became president because surely no foreign government could have any dirt on him. This left no one to ask the obvious question. Could Ukrainian officials have compromise on Joe given all of the allegations of his and Hunter's corruption in Ukraine, it's much more reasonable about Joe Biden than it ever was when posed as a certainty about Trump. After all, Hunter Biden was paid millions of dollars by the shady Ukrainian energy firm Burisma, despite having no qualifications for the job that anyone could point to beyond being the son of the vice president at the time. Well, as Devin Archer pointed out, um, he was the guy who knows guys. He'll get you on the phone with the head of what's it at the State Department or whatever. Anyway. Which proved very fortunate when his father fired the general prosecutor of Ukraine, Victor Shokin, who had begun an investigation into the Burisma Hunter gravy train. Now, he is uh, he's of that belief. There are people who swear up and down. No, they got rid of Shokin because he was corrupt. And that's the tough thing in a corrupt society. Everybody's corrupt. And you just pick and choose who you want to get rid of. But anyway. And yet, in obvious contrast with their obsession with Russia's compromise on Trump, the mainstream media has lined up to dismiss the corruption allegations against Biden as a nothing-burger. This has been no easy feat, and yet the media is valiantly obliged, arguing repeatedly that Hunter Biden was paid by Burisma for reasons that had nothing to do with the fact that his father was the vice president. That's an idiotic thing to claim. Uh And that Joe did not have any knowledge of his son's highly lucrative business dealings. And they would have you believe Vice President Biden fired Shokin because Shokin himself was corrupt. The latest evidence exposes the media's talking points as pure propaganda. I think we've covered that adequately on the show. We'll skip past that. He talks about the firing of Shokin. All of this is well known to Ukrainian officials. Shokin himself released a video directly rebutting Biden loyalists in the American media, in which he explains in detail why Vice President Biden threatened Ukraine's president with holding back critical American aid if Shokin was not immediately replaced with a dud, etc., etc., all of this is leading up to the fact that Joe Biden is an utterly indispensable friend of Ukraine and provider of scads of money and arms as they fight Russia. Does Ukraine have compromise on the Biden family? Huh. Now, just because I don't grab on to a, a conclusion first, I don't, that, that's a bad way to approach things. I immediately go to, well, it's entirely possible, even if they do, he would do the same thing because Russia is a, 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 a geopolitical adversary, a malign regime. We can't allow them to invade, you know, countries. So maybe we'd do the same thing anyway. Um, but it's not crazy. No, definitely not. Uh, where's the. Uh Despite the evidence of Biden's corruption in Ukraine, the Zelensky government has not outed Joe for his sordid history in his country. Well, why would they? Yeah, no kidding. Um, But why would Zelensky need to expose Biden at tremendous American cost? Biden is leading the largest war since World War II to help Ukraine. Um, Yet as American support for it dries up, one cannot help but wonder how much freedom President Biden has to step back from this immense war effort, even if he wanted to. One thing is for sure. If President Trump were waging this kind of massive effort on behalf of a foreign power, oh, America's legacy media would be calling him a foreign asset. Absolutely. Max Abrams, PhD, is a professor of political science at Northeastern University. Um, and interesting, he's the author of a book called Rules for Rebels, The Science of Victory in Militant History. But that's interesting. Anyway, I just thought it was an intriguing question. You saying...
3: Biggest war since World War II reminded me that earlier in the show, and if you missed it, you can grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand, we talked to Mike Lyons, and we kind of let go by a little section where he talked about China sinking one of our ships as they move on Taiwan and us striking their mainland and we're into World War III. And we kind of just moved on to like traffic and weather after he said that. <laughs> but it reminded me that Mike Gallagher, uh, he's on one of your committees in the House, Republican, uh, that looks at this sort of stuff. He said the U.S. is being tested. This was talking about the Chinese ships and Russian ships up by Alaska. Mm-hmm. And it's a test we can't afford to fail. It seems obvious to me that Xi Jinping is preparing his country for war, he told the morning dispatch. Like he's repeatedly told us he intends to take Taiwan by force if necessary, and he's probing with bayonets, and if he finds steel, he'll stop, but he finds mush he's going to continue to push. That's how Marxist-Leninist regimes operate. So he flat out states he believes she is preparing for war, which at least in theory i mean according to our current sitting president we would get involved in and then that would be world war III. would that be fair to call it world war 3 if us and china go to war
4: well i suppose it depends who else gets involved but it would be a massive and horrific war well we'll agree on that yeah yeah that's a heck well, of a thought. I could argue that you know of course she is preparing for war cuz that's how you avoid war you got to constantly project strength and he feels like china's been weak all along but in his case they really really want to take taiwan yeah yeah so I, who knows what what his plans are but the whole probing to find weakness thing oh yeah all the time that's what they do all the time wouldn't you ra- wouldn't you absolutely move before biden is out
3: there's no way it's going to be a more favorable position to have trump or a Gavin Newsom or whoever else, whoever, whoever's younger and sharper in charge.
4: I'm trying to think if there's a counter argument to that, but no, I mean, unless, no, unless, you know, Biden announces he's not running and some avowed pro China peacenik uh, announces that, you know, becomes the nominee. No, I can't think of any reason why you wouldn't do it while the addled old man was in charge. The adult old man with no popular support right. because, hey, the Chinese are sophisticated. They have spies in all 50 states, many of them in academia, sciences, whatever. Um, and, and they follow American media. That's their job is to report American sentiment, <laughs> poll results, media. And, and, and they know that his support would be pretty thin if we were to get into a serious tussle. Yeah. Oh, well, time will tell. There is practically no pro-Biden constituency in the United States. No. There is only an anti-Trump constituency. There's no Mm pro-Biden constituency. Not a joke! You can even call it a I prefer Democrats constituency, but absolutely not pro-Biden. Right. Uh, We will finish strong next. That is our vow.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Latest morning console poll has us far ahead we're at fifty-nine percent and the others are at like twelve. One is at twelve. I think that's the sanctimonious, but he's rapidly being caught by Rameshwami. Who's good? No, no, Christy's he's eating right now. He can't be bothered. Sir, please do not call him a fat pig. That's very disrespectful. Don't call him. See, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. Don't call him a fat pig. You can't do You can't do that. So now, because you're not allowed to do that, and therefore uh, we're not going to do it, okay? We want to be very civil, right?
3: Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> As I said if earlier, he...
3: if he does that on the debate stage two weeks from yesterday... Chris Christie's up there, lays into him about January 6th or something like that, and he just says, you're a fat pig, and the crowd roars with laughter. I don't know what happens.
4: (laughs) Mm, I'm not sure the crowd would. I think some might. I think there would be a lot of horror, a lot of
3: anger. That was in New Hampshire, by the way, where uh, Trump said that because Chris Christie's put all his eggs in one basket there, his probably cheesy eggs. Um uh, in the New Hampshire basket. He's 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 extra, extra hash browns.
0: <laughs> oh.
4: <Not laughs> he's,
3: now he, I'm joining in. He's doing the whole thing where you basically skip Iowa and he hopes to, you know, win New Hampshire and get momentum out of that. So Trump's attacking him there by calling him a fat pig. Oh my God.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So uh, we, we played this earlier today, early in the show. Those of you who listen All Four Hours, God bless you. Uh, I want to hear it again. I'll bet you do, too. This is from 2019 when Dennis Prager was on Bill Maher's show. And Bill Maher, a man of the left, educated, uh, follows the media very closely, etc. Dennis Prager claimed that something was being taught and said. And he was almost laughed off the stage for it. Now, in a lot of corporate America, in schools, in universities, if you dare say this isn't true, you could lose your career. Uh, this is a 76, Michael. Dig this. These are giant
0: left wing lies. We're talking about degrees. To say that men can
3: menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. <laughs>
0: yeah, wait, 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 wait. Where did that I, go? I never You never it. heard it. Right? <laughs> okay. Check it out, folks. Check it out. <laughs> think Anyone I, who says wrong. a man wait, 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 cannot wait, wait, wait. menstruate wait, wait. is considered transphobic. I, I, I missed this whole story. <laughs> <Are> you did? <good? laughs> I did. No, no, tell me
5: where, so where you're getting this.
0: Just Google it. Can men menstruate? Well, well, who is saying this? You're who talking about a it? very small no. percentage. Oh, really? Then how do you allow men, biological men, to run against women in, in the races in Connecticut and set all the high oh, school oh, records? Okay. I know. But that's, oh, okay. They're, they're called men. No, no, the Nation see, magazine I wouldn't, said they're, they're, they're okay, women. Okay, but I would agree with you on that. The way you framed it is nonsense. What no, I what, framed it perfectly accurately. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. What you're talking about is, yes, someone who is transgendered was a man now claims to be a woman, is a woman, okay, uh, is beating the dog out of other women in the race because, of course, they have more muscle mass, and even Martina Navratilova came out and said, this is ridiculous. You might might as well not have women's sport. This is a far cry from saying men can menstruate. I agree. But that's not where anyone went with that that but but you. Okay. That's so,
4: uh, where not where anyone went with that but you, he said. That's an incredibly small percentage of people who think like that, said Bill Maher. Well,
3: how, did, how was Dennis Prager so aware that that was the coming thing? Uh, he's hip to the critical theory crowd,
4: the, uh, the radical gender theory crowd, uh-huh. neo-Marxism.
3: Because if I'd have been watching that live in
4: 2019, I'd have thought, what the hell are you talking about, dude? Right, you're objecting to a point of view that doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, only a crazy person would claim that. Right. Yeah, I would have considered or that. A f-
3: I would have considered that like nut picking, like you picked some rando who said something crazy like that and you're holding them up. And now as you pointed out, that is the preferred view. You're in trouble if you don't agree with
4: it. If you don't get on your knees and say yes master, men can give birth, men can mas- uh, can uh, menstruate. Uh, in the Maoist struggle session that is like life on campus or in a lot of corporate America, yeah, you'll lose your career. You'll be run out of it. you end up committing suicide like that poor uh, principal in Canada. We've got to follow-up on that later, uh, tomorrow probably, but uh, isn't that incredible? Him claiming what you're now forced to repeat seems so idiotic. Four years ago, they about laughed him off the stage. Wow. Gentlemen, uh, this... Here's Final Thoughts Manifest with Armstrong and Getty. I see you know your judo well. (laughs) Thank you, weird Australian guy. (laughs) Here's
3: your host for Final Thoughts,
4: Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room, our technical director, Michael. Michelangelo, final thought?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about the debate, and if uh, Donald Trump does show up and Chris Christie and him get in a debate, I'm going to say it's 50-50 that he brings out the fat pig language. It's got to be at least 50% chance.
4: Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? I know it's not a popular opinion, and I know it's childish
3: when Trump says that stuff, but he's hilarious. I agree. He's so funny. I shouldn't laugh at it. It's not right. It's not the right way to run a country, but it makes me laugh.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Nightclub act, fabulous. President of the United States, unthinkable. Jack, a
3: final thought? I missed my anniversary on Monday because I was sick. I mention it every year because some people have mentioned over the years that they like hearing it. I, many years ago, when I was a practicing drunk, would hear Don Imus on the radio talk about how many years he'd been sober, and it sunk into my head over the years is something that is a possibility. Uh, it was 17 years ago on Monday that I had my most recent bout of drinking. 17 years ago.
4: Wow. Wow. A, good for you. B, my God, time flies. Uh, My final thought is, you know, the uh, saying, yes, that's a woman, even when it's clearly a man. It's like uh, that beautiful screed we read about COVID. It was never about science. It was never about your health. It was never about your safety. It was always about your compliance. It's about breaking your will, forcing you to say something you know to not be true. That's at the heart of neo-Marxism. It has been since the beginning. Read Orwell. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people thanks thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com A lot of great hot links there for you to click upon. Pick up an a and t-shirt or hat or something like that. Drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com Was thinking of doing an all hate mail mailbag tomorrow. So oh, wow. Bring them
3: on. Oh, wow. See you tomorrow. God bless America.
1: Armstrong and Getty. Let me say let me say one thing.
0: Think of that. You can't do that. Uh-oh. you got to be kidding me. And if you don't know that, you're not reading enough. I, are you sure of that? Dude. The weather may be out of our control for now, but it's not beyond our control.
4: I don't understand. This is clearly a case of late-onset babyism. <laughs>
0: On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.
2: Join me on Season 3 of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
0: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosen. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.